Welcome to the Digital and Branding Podcast by The Cut. Learn from our insights on e-commerce, Shopify, software and branding. Hello and welcome back to The Cut and our podcast where we're here to share insights into software and website development and Shopify e-commerce. I'm Ben DeJong, I'm a director at The Cut. We're based in Subiaco, Perth and we've been delivering software development, websites, branding solutions and most definitely Shopify e-commerce solutions since 2009. In this podcast, it's all about Shopify um, and rather than speaking with a merchant, this time I'm speaking to a Shopify partner in Trade Gecko. Trade Gecko are a Singapore-based business and a very progressive and innovative one. They, uh, the Trade Gecko software is all about inventory management and helping businesses take control so it gives gives products, orders, customers and insights, all of that information and data in one place. And we are going to speak with Cameron Priest, who is the CEO of Trade Gecko. It's a really interesting conversation. Um, you'll enjoy it if you're uh, looking at challenges around managing your inventory um, in terms of integrating and bringing together a whole bunch of platforms and management softwares. Trade Gecko is born for you guys. Um, their, uh, their software is specifically targeting small to medium enterprises and they do what they do very, very well. So without further ado, let's hook up with Cameron and have a conversation. He's coming to us today from Singapore. So please excuse any little glitches in the audio. It is pretty good. There are a couple of little patchy spots where the connection comes back and forth, but stick with it uh, and you'll certainly get a lot from this conversation. Conversation. Thanks for joining us, guys. So, good morning, Cameron. Thank you very much for joining us at the Cuts Podcast. Can you tell us about your role at Trade Gecko, please? Sure. I'm the co founder and CEO of Trade Gecko. I uh, founded the company with my older brother and a third co founder back in 2012. So, obviously, uh, that means I do everything from you know cleaning the kitchen sink to kind of leading the overall vision and strategy of the company. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I do some <laughs> kitchen cleaning and vacuuming myself as a director. So it's yeah. a, it's a family business somewhat, and uh, and has a pretty a pretty long legacy in tech terms, I guess. Yeah, it's surprisingly starting to feel that way when you go to zero roadshows and you see um, number of new companies starting in the last six months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and can you please describe Trade Gecko, um, your mission, and what you deliver? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll start with the mission. Effectively, our entire vision is to empower commerce entrepreneurs by building, um, by providing them software to make them uh, run their businesses better. So, what we actually do is we build inventory and order management software. The idea is to run, help a small to medium-sized business run their entire back-end operations yep. using our software. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, I mean, for those of the of, uh, people out there who don't understand, um, I guess we came in touch with Trade Gecko at our very first Shopify meetup last year when we were lucky enough to have a cool come down and present. Um, and then Scott, my business partner, and a cool reconnected at Pursuit, the, the national Shopify event last year. And, and, and as we talked about earlier, we're coming to Singapore in a, in a, in a awesome. week or two. So, and which leads me to my next question. You are an international business at Trade Gecko and based out of Singapore, is that right? Yes, so founded the business in Singapore. Um, we've also got an office in Toronto um, and we also have a team in Manila, but serving 90 plus countries out of those three offices. Wow, that's a lot of countries. 
yeah. that gives you a bit uh, a slightly larger reach than we have here at the cut then <laughs> so let's talk about trade gecko in some more detail i want to give everyone a really clear picture of your company what defines the way you operate and your your real mission that's central to everything you do yeah so and it's interesting because as we've grown we've learnt how important defining the mission and the values is yes. and I think we always had them but it's different between having them written down and actually using them to make decisions so our vision has always stayed the same but we've definitely at times strayed away from it so the vision has always been to empower commerce entrepreneurs to build amazing businesses um, and it's amazing businesses not growing businesses we want to help entrepreneurs build the businesses they want to run so whether that's lying on a beach in Bali and running a you know a million dollar business or whether it's you know building a hundred million dollar business um, it really depends what they want to achieve um, we also really only want to focus on SMEs we really never want to move into the enterprise we we've made that mistake by trying to go into enterprise before okay and I've realized, you know, we love small and medium businesses. And that's still a very large market. You know, the, the, the half a million up to 100 million, there's still a huge, you know, it's, it's the largest in terms of numbers. I was going um, to say it's probably the largest market in terms of yeah. the number of opportunities that are there and the people you can help. 100%. Yeah. I just think when we haven't been 100% clear on the vision and the values and kind of what we stand for and what we call the way of the Gecko, um, we've... <laughs> yeah, that's nice. We've... Um, We've strayed from that. We've tried, you know, there's always that one customer who's like, oh, I could serve them. They're not our vision. They're not within our kind of, and it always ends up hurting you in the long term. Sure. Um, but yes, that's kind of where we focus today. And we obviously have our values and we have kind of our core customer ICPs as well. So we've um, definitely improved all that as well as we've grown. Yeah. Um, but it's really small, medium-sized commerce, you know, brands, wholesalers, distributors, um, any country, um, but obviously, there's some primary markets we target. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, we do a lot of work in, uh, actually with businesses and their and their branding and finding their niches and helping them define their values. And it's something that we've we've been focusing on a lot more uh, ourselves. I think a lot of smarter companies are and realizing the value of those things. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's if there's one thing. I mean, there's lots of things I'd advise five year, you know, five year younger version of me. And but definitely. There was no such thing as too much focus, and um, we've now got a very, very clear ICP that we target, and it's what we call Commerce 2.0 and Commerce 3.0 businesses. And so, Commerce 2.0 being businesses that exist and they're adding technology onto their business, yep. and then Commerce 3.0 being businesses that it's technology first. Um, in contrast to um, Commerce 1.0, where they are just trying to understand what technology means. Um, we know when we're most successful is when we're targeting the second and third. Um, so again, it's constantly about triangulating, right? I think we um, could have some very interesting conversations about uh, about targeting that type of client. It's 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 very similar to to us at the cut. We don't want to deal with startups, and we don't want to deal with the very very large ones. But we do want our clients to have an understanding of of digital and technology and be invested in pursuing that and and developing it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And can you describe your clients like as, as individuals or as people? Like typically who are they and what are they doing? Yeah, okay. So we we, as I said, we kind of serve a few different um, – our customers sell in different ways. We have, you know, wholesalers, online e-commerce, you know, people that sell in marketplaces or people that do all of those. Um, they can range from, you know, you know, 20-year-olds up to kind of uh, 50, 60-year-olds. It's anyone running a business, but it's their tech 
um, savviness that somewhat um, determines their ability, you know, the ability to succeed with the platform like with us. Yeah. Um, we definitely have a lot of what we call independent brands. So this is everything from someone, you know, we've got like a weed-infused vodka company um, <laughs> using our software. So it's, it's everything like that from someone that sells first aid kits. Right. So it's a very wide right, range. Yeah. Um, but the central theme is that they are, you know, as I said, you know, tech or tech tech first or tech kind of uh, tech savvy. Sure. So what, what they're selling business. or how they're succeeding is is really quite irrelevant to you, I guess, unless it was uh, it was doing something that was illegal. But you, you you've got a very broad scope there, and the first one you mentioned, the vodka, is obviously a very extreme edge case. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, I think that's one of the things I love is um, I'm fascinated by the the multitude of businesses that are being built today because with the internet, any niche is a big enough niche to build a business around because your customer base is, you know, the entire world. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And even here in Perth, we're constantly meeting people who have one of those little niches and have started maybe drop shipping and then niche down more and then started producing their own products and they're a, awesome, they're a mum and dad partnership working from home. And, oh, it's incredible, absolutely amazing and, and really inspiring to, to come in contact with that sort of thing. Um, so your focus is operational and helping businesses access your technologies, which help them operate more intelligently. Is that accurate? Yeah, so yeah I mean, that definitely, I guess, is um, our description of it. I, as I said, we, we try and build the platform to run the entire back-end operation systems. So okay. um, that's, that's, that's obviously managing all the sales from, any, from anywhere. Um, that's managing all the purchasing and that's managing all the fulfillment. And then, of course, layering on top of that um, insights and intelligence to help them make better decisions. I mean, we, we kind of talk about, um, you know, that quote, the future is already here. It's just not very evenly distributed. We're, <laughs> okay. I don't think we're inventing anything new. Yep. But what we're trying to do is take what the enterprises have had or what someone like Amazon definitely has internally and provide that to, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of commerce businesses because the average small to medium-sized business can't afford a team of data scientists sure. or financial planning analysts. And we kind of think, yeah. you know, we're not there yet, but over time, almost everything Amazon does for a merchant or for themselves, we see that as kind of the, the scope of what we would like to offer to, you know, hundreds or thousands of millions of commerce businesses. Yeah, that's a really good good sort of um, way of uh, describing the context and I guess also the benchmarking of what you're trying to deliver too. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the relationship between Trade, Gecko and Shopify. Did you start with a clear alignment with Shopify from the very beginning? It's, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's interesting. So we launched the product in 2013. Yeah. Um, and fairly early on, I think maybe April, May, we integrated with both the Zero and Shopify. Um, Shopify was definitely the first partner. Um, actually, I think they were before Zero. And so I know that when we before we even launched the product, we were like cold calling Shopify business owners to kind of understand the problems that they were having. Yeah. Um, so we always knew we were going to integrate with them. Sure. Um, it wasn't about being a Shopify add-on per se, but we did know that a lot of the target customers that we wanted were using Shopify as the e-commerce platform. Yeah, 100%. So you obviously work with a variety of e-com platforms. What are some of the other ones that that you work with? Yeah, so we used to work with big commerce, but we don't anymore. We just didn't see much traction with that partner. Okay. Um, From what I understand, the product has massively improved. Um, We work with WooCommerce, which is pretty significant um, for us. I think it's 
um, bigger than Shopify. Um, obviously, it's usually um, smaller businesses. It's a or smaller businesses or businesses that have their own tech team. So it's kind of almost like an hourglass, if that makes sense, because you can customize it to the nth degree, but it's harder to do so. For sure. Uh, and then we also work with Magento again. Magento is, as you know, a very, very flexible product, but then can be quite frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the e-commerce platforms we work with. Yeah, and okay. we obviously with marketplaces like the Iconic and Amazon, et cetera. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and how many Shopify businesses are part of the Trade Gecko family um, right now? Yeah, I was trying to look this up a couple of days ago. Um, if I remember correctly, it was around 1,500, 1,600, so wow. a decent number of customers yep. um, using the platform. And, yeah. and they're spread across across the globe. Are they focused in any particular regions, the bulk of them? Um, yeah, US and Australia yeah, okay. um, being our biggest markets have the most, and Shopify is dominant in those markets. Yeah. We actually find in other markets that we serve, like um, Southeast Asia, people aren't really setting up e-commerce stores, they're going straight to marketplaces or to social channels. Um, so we really see Shopify winning in the the Western markets, but then Europe and the rest of the world isn't really an e-commerce first sort of market. So would you be able to share with us some um, insights and advice? Like in your experience, what are the biggest and most common challenges faced by Shopify businesses? The biggest and most common challenges. I think I think what we see a lot is Shopify is a really amazing product to start and build you kind of the beginnings of your business on. Um, and it's fantastic for that. And with like Instagram and Facebook, it's really quite often fast to kind of scale customer acquisition as well. What we see the biggest challenges being, well, how do I scale beyond that? And at, at a certain point, if you're building your business, you know, through paid online marketing, through Facebook, through Instagram, through a bit of content, um, you quite often can hit a wall where you're spending a huge amount of your margin on paid channels like Facebook. And so there's that idea of CAC as the new rent. So at a certain point, if you're just focused on one online e-commerce channel, um, you can really start to, you know, you can hit a, a limit in terms of your growth. Sure. Um, and so the biggest challenges we see is from businesses saying, okay, this is great. You know, I started the business, I'm growing nicely, but I need to grow. I want to grow faster. I want to kind of add new, I want to try new things. Yeah. So it's opening up new channels. It's expanding to new 3BLs, new warehouses, maybe moving from Australia and selling to the US. Um, and that's what we see as the biggest challenges for companies. And that's where um, it's about, you know, obviously getting your logistics and under control and really finding a great 3PL partner is a really strong way of helping that. Um, testing and iterating on new channels, whether they're new online marketplaces. Um, and then the thing that we see is actually our biggest and most profitable businesses, they might start online, but then over time they, they usually develop a large offline B2B business as well. Okay. Um, just because there's still so much money in, in the wholesale world. Um, so I said, really easy to start and grow in B2C. And then at scale, um, the B2B world is, is, is massive. Um, and so just really, um, I mean, end of the day, those are all new opportunities to grow business, but opportunities like that also introduce complexity. And sure. so that's where um, people see and, and find challenges with, um, with uh, their businesses. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. And what, what are the most specific or significant challenges that Trade Gecko help your e-commerce partners or, or clients solve? I think, I mean, probably going back to what we were saying before, really um, exploring and opening up new channels, um, integrating both B2C and B2B um, 
uh, parts of your business. Yeah. We see a lot of businesses that are running those separately. They might have marketplaces, they might have e-commerce, they might have B2B, and they don't actually are uh, not integrated, so you can have issues with stock and inventory and fulfillment. Sure. Um, and then, obviously, uh, expanding the way that you fulfill your business. So, really, we focus on those two things, which is how do we help people sell in more places and how do we help people fulfill and, you know, uh, supply um, purchase their products faster and by the sounds like yeah sorry go on no I was just going to say I mean and and only through having all of that integrated into one place can you have the ability to look um, and analyze data across your entire business if you have those things separate you end up with a lot of spreadsheets um, in the middle yeah I was just about to say it sounds like at the core of it you're giving them sort of control and visibility um, and so bringing everything into one place to, to view and and measure and control it more efficiently and I guess ultimately very much more effectively that's definitely uh, what we aim to do for our customers <laughs> um, so do you have three big insights that you would share with our audience, bearing in mind that our audience are sort of mostly um, definitely smaller and some medium-sized e-commerce business people. From your point of view, what would be some simple insights you'd give those sorts of people? I definitely think number one is um, it's great to use Instagram and Facebook to start and scale and test product ideas. Yep. But over time, it's critical to build your own proprietary channel, whether that's building your own newsletter, email lists, you have direct relationship with your customers, or whether it's um, building a B2B component of your business. So you also have a a, a part of your business which is not dependent um, because there's nothing worse than Instagram changing its algorithm or Facebook increasing its ad fees. Um, And so, as I said, if you're highly dependent on paid acquisition, um, you're effectively going to get squeezed by Facebook because um, and Google, so it's really important to build your own proprietary um, brand or customer channel through any yeah. of those things I just mentioned. Yeah, that's probably, awesome advice. Um, I mean, that could number one, two, and three, right? Like, it's just about at a certain point you need to get off um, the the drug that is paid advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome advice. And as you say, I was going to say that 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 one big uh, whopper of a piece of advice covers the three. I think. <laughs> Um, so can you, uh, this might be tricky, but are you able to sort of summarise the most notable features and functions that Trade Gecko offers e-commerce businesses? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, as I said, we kind of covered the benefits already, kind of the centralisation of all your business operations. Obviously, at the basic level, it's, you know, as I said, it's inventory, it's order management, it's fulfilment, it's um, procurement, purchasing, and then it's um, insights and intelligence to help you make better decisions across the product. We also recently added, like, there's more discrete features, like the ability to do manufacturing, basic manufacturing assembly of goods, which we've actually seen a lot of small businesses be doing, um, okay. and things like managing the tracking of expiry dates and batching of products. Right. But, yeah, any one feature is not really the point. It's the it's the workflows that they enable, right? Yeah, so it's the, it's the holistic overview and the whole process across that. Yeah. Um, obviously, tech products having to evolve and change all the time. Are you able to tell us about some of your most um, recent feature enhancements? Yeah, I mean... If we're talking about kind of significant feature additions, I think in the last kind of six months we added, as I said, manufacturing was a big one. We added um, demand forecasting to help our customers better um, forecast and plan their purchasing. 
Yeah. Um, but we're obviously adding improvements. You know, we've got a product team of kind of, I think, over 50 people kind of iterating on the product every day. Um, so a lot of small features, a lot of small tweaks. Um, and for us, at least, the realization is um, most features shouldn't be seen by the customer. They should be improving the core experiences that we already offer. Um, we've definitely burnt that one up as well. Yeah, and, and everyone's getting them autom- automatically. Yeah, exactly. So how, did you say you've got 50 people on your development team? Um, that includes product and design, but within the product organization, yeah. Um, yeah it's a okay. big team and looking to double it, double it this year. Um, wow. At the end of the day, the scope of what we want to do is much broader than just inventory order management software. So it's about investing ahead. Definitely a con- conversation with our board and our investors, but that's what we've raised money to do is to try and build the biggest platform out there and the best platform out there. Yeah, wow, that's, a, that's amazing and awesome. That's going to be a, a very huge year for you then if you're going from 50 uh, on that team to 100 in one year. Yeah. So my next question was going to be where is Trade Gecko heading in 2019 and 2020 and by the sounds of it, um, um, massive growth and, and good places. Yeah, definitely. I think to your, actually funny enough with 2019, even with the addition of all the new team members that we've already hired and we're now hiring, um, a big part of our focus this year isn't to add, to expand the breadth of the product in any kind of significant way. Um, we really just want to focus on depth. So that's about finishing some core workflows that we, we know we service maybe to 80% and really just making it as easy as possible Um and then there's some really interesting things we're trying to do around like um, intelligence insights. Um, so really excited about some of the stuff there. Yeah, right. That sounds really cool. So more more refinement of what's already there and, and adding value to what's really there rather than the than expanding the features and functions. Yeah, I mean we're the kind of the way we try and look at it is you know two thirds of our resources are focused on the current market we already serve, yeah. and one third we're investing in expanding the total total addressable market. But really, we're focusing you know the, the the new things we're investing in are probably going to be realised later this year, early next year, um, yeah. in terms of completely new products and completely new fun- functionalities. So the majority of resources going into the core customer experience and the core customers we already serve. Okay. Um, in contrast to things like manufacturing last year, which expanded the numbers of customers we could serve. Yeah, sure, I understand. Um, can you see any changes yourself, Cameron, in, in, in e-commerce? Like, what do you think are going to be the, the biggest sort of changes or um, things that emerge in the next year or so? Well, we're seeing more and more of these digital native vertical brands start and scale quickly, so that's a really interesting um, um, uh, change in the ecosystem. I think the other big one, I, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next 12 months, but I definitely see it over the next 24 months. I mean, I, I was talking about this in Australia, but like, you know, Australia kind of sits there and kind of looks and feels and acts like a small America. Yeah. But actually, obviously, most of its exports now go to China. Um, and I think the opportunity to sell and expand to you know, every Australian and New Zealand business looks to expand into the Americas. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to think about what it would mean to expand into, into China, Southeast Asia, into China, and the, the, the middle markets there, which are huge and growing at a rapid clip. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to also think about well, how can we help an Australian merchant, you know, seamlessly sell on WeChat or Tmall. Um, that to us is a really interesting, maybe not 12 month, but definitely 24 month. 
yeah, um, okay. uh, strategy for us. Yeah, it's a really interesting observation. I'm not sure every Australian would be comfortable with you saying that we're a mini America, but I get your point totally. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, certainly, I think <laughs> it's, a good um, point, <laughs> it's not. Unusual. Sorry, one second. I'm just going to ask my wife to. Oh yeah, I can Sorry, hear. One second. Do you mind pausing it for a second? No, Sorry. not at all. Not Sorry. at all. That's my Australian baby. All Sorry. good. All good. Yeah, there was my um, Australian wife and her and my three-month-year-old baby. I think disagreeing with me as well. Uh, how uh, so how gorgeous! Moved. How Sorry old? about that. Yeah, that's okay. How old's your bub? So he's three and a half months. Um, we actually just had him in Sydney the last week and a half. He loved the weather there. He struggles with the heat here, as do I. Yeah, okay. Um, Where are you a from? place in Sydney. We, we love it there. Are you from? I'm from New Zealand. You're but from my New wife's Zealand, from. Yeah. yeah. My wife's from Sydney. Um, well, Sydney, half Australian, half Malaysian. Right. But um, grew up a lot of her life in Sydney. So we try and keep there often. And again, I don't know if I call mentioned, but we're opening up an office there. So in we'll Sydney. Time there. Sorry about that. Sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, Sydney, yeah let's yeah. continue. Let's go to Melbourne. Oh, in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So I'll just pause and then we'll get continue. Um, so in terms of business sure. growth, um, let's talk about that for a minute. Trade Gecko obviously have a big focus on helping people improve, optimize and, and grow, but, but also get visibility and control over their e-com businesses. What does your process look like with a new customer to find where you can help them and, and where their biggest opportunities for change and development lie? It's interesting. We, we, we're now trying to really refine it to, to trying to ask a few really critical questions to understand what their business ambitions are. Um, and everyone has ambitions and then there's the reality, right? We, we kind of classify customers into two buckets. Customers come to us for two things. One is um, what we call the smart growth. They want to grow more and faster. Um, okay. So it's opening up new channels, expanding into B2B, whatever. And yeah. the other one is they're looking for operational excellence. So usually these the smart growth ones are usually you know, um, maybe a hundred grand to a couple of million. And then the operational excellence is usually businesses that have achieved that growth, but are now constrained in to, to achieve further growth by their operational issues. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how we classify them. Yeah. And so really we just have a series of questions that we ask in the product or if they talk to a salesperson, um, tease it out and then we also like to understand okay look you know where were you last year where you want to be this year how can we help you get there um so really it's a conversation a lot of the time Um, we are obviously trying to automate that conversation since we have you know tens of thousands of people um every month trying out the product so it's about finding that balance yeah 100 percent. it sounds like a really uh strategic and organized approach that gets you to understand uh the customers and 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 also to see to see where where their biggest needs are and what what's going to look like moving forward. Do you you're talking about the testing of the product and thousands of, of clients and potentials trying it out? What's your process of gathering feedback um, and putting that feedback sort of back into the loop to, to result in, in in improvements or changes to to the technologies? So it's interesting. So we have a product management team, um, about five, six people in product management. I think six, someone joined this week. Yeah. Um, and they obviously help um, set the direction of each 
function of the product area. They also work closely with the sales support um, or the different customer-facing teams. And then they'll actually spend a lot of time with customers as well. So right. really, it's about listening to customers. I think there's always going to be more features we could build than we can build. Sure. Um, and what I'm trying to really, you know, what, what we want to do is we want to listen and we, we want to, but then we want to invent um, and then we want to kind of personalize. We don't want to, you know, it's that classic idea. If we listened and built every feature, we're, we're building a faster horse, not a car, right? Um, and so we want to really deeply understand our customers, really deeply understand what they're trying to achieve, but not necessarily going to be, ever be able to build everything that they would love to see feature-wise. We, you know, we're trying to really say, look, there's, we can't support every workflow. No. We want to be able to, to tell our customers, you know, hands to our hearts, that the way you're doing it, we can actually help you improve if you adopt the way that we've built it because we've built the world-class workflow. Sure. Um, so that's kind of um, so, so really the thing the product managers, but obviously everyone talks to customers all the time. But really the product managers are kind of hold that um, that responsibility of truly understanding the customers um, and actually taking those requirements from everyone else and and, and converting that into um, the product strategy. But also about yeah, balancing that with your your own objectives and and stick, staying true to your own uh, values and vision for what what Trade Gecko should be. Of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really interesting. All right, well, we can uh, we can almost wrap it up. Cameron, it's been really, really good to, to get to know you a bit more. It's been very interesting and, and to understand uh, Trade Gecko that much better. Do you have any final thoughts, advice, insights or news that you want to share with, uh, with our listeners before we wrap this up? Um, I think I mentioned that we're, we're going to be opening up an office in Australia in the next quarter or two. We're excited to serve what is already our second biggest market um, better. Um, obviously, being from that part of the world and having a home in Australia, I know I want to spend more time there myself as well. So excited to spend more time and get to know a lot more of our customers and partners in person. Awesome. And then, as I said, I think if anything I can recommend is um, um, any you know every business should be looking to look at how they can build that proprietary channel, whether it's the building that brand, building that um, that e-commerce that that, that newsletter, building that offline um, channel for their business. Just um, I've seen businesses build build on top of Instagram or Facebook and then just get wiped out by you know an algorithmic change. So it's great to start and build on these platforms, but don't get dependent on it. Yeah, no, well, that's um, putting all channel. of your eggs in one basket, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to have that, that diversity of, of strategy, whether it be marketing or anything else, and then uh, and then reduce your dependency on one, one avenue. Um, that's fantastic. Well, um, look, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very, very much to Cameron, the CEO of Trade Gecko, based in Singapore, soon to be opening an office in uh, in Melbourne, Australia. Um, thanks again, mate, for uh, joining us. I do hope that Scott and myself can uh, get a chance to catch up with you in Singapore in a few weeks. Yeah, be great to see you. Have a uh, make sure you pack your shorts. It's very hot up here. <laughs> so they keep telling me. <laughs> thanks, Cameron. It's awesome. Yeah, All the yeah. best. So there you have it once again, a really, really interesting conversation and this time with a Shopify partner. Uh, The Cut have had engagement with Trade Gecko for a couple of years now. Um, Recently, actually in 2019, Scott and I uh, visited the Trade Gecko offices in Singapore and met a few more of their team and they're definitely uh, a growing uh, business um, and they're adding all the time to the ways that they can help Shopify merchants around the world. Um, So our thanks once again to Cameron from uh, Trade Gecko and 
we are going to do more of these partner interviews to add to our merchant interviews. It's a really good way to give you guys a, a good idea or, or new ideas around what is out there, who is out there to help you with your Shopify and e-commerce websites. So if you're a partner and you have something to offer in the Shopify space, contact us anytime. We'd love to speak to you uh, in person, on the phone and on this podcast. That will be awesome. And again, if you're a merchant and we say this all the time, if you've got an interesting story and you want to share it, expose yourself to uh, the Cuts audiences and our market. Um, we're happy to get you on, have a conversation and uh, help you find your 15 minutes of fame. Uh, keep your eye out on our channels. We're hosting meetups all of the time. We're doing more and more and more and more and more in the Shopify space and we're loving it. If you need help with your site, we're the ones to call. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening and we will see you on the next potty. See you later. Thanks for listening to The Cut. To talk with us, visit thecut.net.au and find us on Facebook.